Hi, I'm Ben Harper. Hey, this is Brad Lukowicz. Hey, this is Lou Temple. You know me as Axel on The Walking Dead. This is Smooth Bess Henderson. Hi, this is William Duvall, singer of Alice in Chains. Hi, this is Jim Cuddy from Blue Rodeo. Hi, I am Zach Wood. Hey, guys, it's Alexis Adoria, seven-time NHRA national event champion. Hey, what's going on? This is Bubbles. This is Ricky. This is Julian. And you're listening to the Toddcast Podcast, baby. <laughs> Are you the type of person to make New Year's resolutions? Eat better, work out more? be kinder, be a better listener, maybe donate to a local charity. All great ideas. Although I've personally never been that type of person to make a resolution. I resolve to be a good person. Sure. That's a given. You get what you give. I hope to eat better. Probably not going to happen. Would love to drop 20 pounds in 2020. Something about turning 40. And that shit just packs on now. I resolve to keep banging out this podcast. Will it be for the next 10 years? I don't know. We launched in January 2015. We're now into our sixth year, carving out a nice little following, some decent plays, not mind-blowing, but it's certainly enough to keep me happy and all of our amazing and super supportive sponsors, which is equally important. want to make sure they see the benefit of continuing to help things rolling along here, and we're coming out swinging in 2020. Four-time Canadian Olympic snowboarder and all-around badass, Mercedes Nickel is a guest this week. We've known each other and followed each other online for a couple years now, threatened each other with a good time, hanging out, maybe do a podcast. And over the Christmas break, we managed to align the schedules. Riverdale actor Ryan Robbins is a guest this week as well. He recently nailed down the role of Fred Andrews, but you'll know him for tons of other shows as well. Pure, Van Helsing, Arrow, Hell on Wheels, just to name a few. Two local beauties on the cast this week. Coming up in just a few minutes in Stop Me If You've Heard This Before, another beauty nickelback singer chad krueger talking about people that he'd like to collaborate with that is brought to you by our buddies at protec welding steel fabrication on the north shore here in vancouver you can find them online through protecwelding.com first let's get to that first guest of three you're gonna love this week's musical guest black joe lewis brought to you by the railway stage and beer cafe you can find them at 579 dunsmere 579 dunsmere downtown vancouver love joe's band the honey bears big fan pretty stoked to have him on the podcast and you'll hear in the interview that joe actually picked up the guitar later on in life which is kind of surprising considering his playing you'd think that listening to him that he's been playing since a little kid black joe lewis and the honey bears have been around since 2007 so they're coming up on 13 14 years now formed in austin texas a couple years later Esquire magazine called them, quote, one of the 10 bands to break out at 2009 South by Southwest Festival. Maybe you've been lucky enough to see them live. Critics worldwide rave about their performance. Google search their 2008 set from Lollapalooza, just a fantastic live band. They played Letterman a couple times, The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, Austin City Limits. They played Coachella, Bumper Shoot, Sasquatch, just so many festival appearances as well and they've done really well on the billboard blues chart in 2017 their album backlash debuted at number three you can hear the full talk right now at our itunes spotify and soundcloud pages search it out through toddcast podcast in the meantime here's 10 minutes with black joe lewis subscribe on itunes at toddcast podcast i would love to go back to the beginning joe with you before you're in bands and stuff and and find out what's the music in the Lewis house as a kid growing up. Like, what are the what are the bands your parents are playing and exposing you to? My, my parents liked a lot of like stuff like uh, 
you know, like Cranside, like what is it, kind of like 80s funk stuff. Yeah. Chic and whatnot. Uh, I didn't really try to, I, I, when I was a kid, I just listened to, I listened to a lot of rap. I didn't really start expanding my musical taste until I got older. And then, uh, you know, as I got older, I got really into like, like punk rock stuff, stuff from like the late 70s, punk rock. And then, uh, you know, um, and then after that, I kind of, you know, started everything else, I guess. So. Yeah. And so as a kid, you're listening to, to, to rap, like what, what's the, what are the bands that are grabbing you and, you know, at, at that age? Uh, I used to listen to A-Ball and MJG a lot. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of Ghetto Boys, Starface solo stuff, and then, like, uh, you know, and he had, like, all the, the like, the Tupac and B, all, all, like, the main, the, like, kind of, like, the other stuff, the obvious stuff, too, you know? But those were probably my main two or three. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then and then it's to punk. Uh, and how do you make the correlation to the style of music that, you play with your band i was i was never trying to i could never i was never a rapper you know like yeah. you know as far as like whenever i started playing guitar and all that you know it's kind of a bunch of different stuff at that point but uh you know i always felt like punk and blues were similar in styles and whatnot you know you're talking about like hardships or whatever and you know it's got a lot of the same chord movements and whatnot you know so yeah and what was yeah. the first concert that you attended how old were you you know, I was in high school. I went with some icing out with some crazy scary kids. And uh <laughs> Yeah, same. We went to uh so what was the first I think the first show I probably went to was like some some local, you know, and there used to be this band called Black Pistol Fire or something like that. Oh yeah, they're um Canadian. Well actually they're a couple I mean, guys from Texas, I, I mean, think, uh, that burned up to Canada. They're based out of Toronto now. No, yeah, they uh not them. I I said the wrong thing. That was that was way a long time ago. It was a uh, black pistol Pump or something like that. It's some crazy, it's some weird. It, I know what you're talking about. I know this guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah this band is like kind of like metal band that would play on Sixth Street, and they would uh, the club would let us in through the back. You know, for some reason, I don't know why. I think somebody's dad knew one of the people that worked there. I don't know what happened, but they used to let us hang out in the back and nice the road and all that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. Day. that's cool. And how old were you when you started your first band? Remember, I started playing out. I was probably twenty. Oh no way! That's that's fairly old in in you yeah. know retrospect. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, like I like I didn't start playing guitar until I was like nineteen, twenty. Also, you know, I kind of just picked it up late. Wow, like, interesting. I, a, I didn't really come from an art family, so I found I came into a lot of things when I got older. You know. Yeah. Who was I talking to the other day? Um, do you know uh, Alter Bridge, Mark Tremonti? No. Anyway, like just I mean, it's like the nucleus of Creed when they split up in, you know, the mid two thousands, they formed this band called Alter Bridge with uh Miles Kennedy, the guy that's singing with Slash. Anyway, Mark oh, yeah. Yeah, Mark, I I yeah, Mark said the same thing that he was kind of a late bloomer and it surprised me because, you know, when you get guys like you and like Mark that are really, you know, gifted at, at, at playing, it, it's surprising to hear that it's like, you know, when you hear like, oh wow, I didn't start playing until I was sixteen, so I was twenty. I was like, what, really? Wow, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 So you're, you're six albums in now. You're a couple EPs as well. Does it get easier to write and record songs over the years? Oh, uh, I think it gets harder because you kind of get like a, you kind of just get like, it just gets, it's easier. It's, the, the more you do it, I, I feel like it's harder to come up with newer stuff, you know? Oh. Mm. Uh, like original stuff and not kind of ripping yourself off almost. Yeah, it's kind of like, 
it's hard to explain. It's like you kind of, it's easy to do stuff in the beginning, but to keep it going, you know, it's harder. Kind of with anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you kind of just, it, you know, it also becomes more of a job. <laughs> so you're not just like, right. It's not as exciting as it was when I was like, when I was first started doing it. You know what I mean? Well, of course, dude. I mean, so, you get the the first record, you have as much time in the world to put that one out. And now there's suddenly yeah, yeah. pressure to, you know, follow up the success, you know? Yeah, it's definitely tougher. Yeah, yeah. Of course, when I when I mentioned that uh, you were going to be a guest of the podcast, there's a bunch of Black Joe Lewis uh, fan questions. I'd love to get to some of those here. Yeah. Karen wants to know, do you believe aliens have visited Earth? Uh, I think, yeah, probably. I don't see why it wouldn't have, you know? Like, uh, I don't know if it's like everybody says it is, but... I don't see why it couldn't happen. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably more, uh, you know, far-fetched to suggest that we haven't been visited. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny, though, that if we have been and, and, the, and the governments across the world have just kind of tried to suppress it, it's like, why? Like, why Why would we try to suppress that? To me, you it's... you got the whole uh, the religion angle where people want to believe that... Uh, like God just created us or whatever. I think it's that right. kind of angle. That's probably it. Yeah. I mean, you think of the, the, the mass bulk of wars is because of religion. So you're probably right. Probably bang on there. Yeah. Steve wants to know, I'm curious about this as well. Steve wants to know, what was it like playing Letterman? You get to hang out with the guy at all? Is there, uh, more, yeah. is, no, there not really. is there more pressure when you're playing to like, you know, one song to, you know, there's millions of people watching. Yeah. I kind of feel like uh, there's more pressure when you just do one. Cause if you, you screw up, you know, you're kind of, it's like the only thing you're doing. Right. Whereas, like, if you're playing a full set, you know, it's not as big a deal. But, uh... And also in a yeah, full set, like, you know, you're truly not clicking until, what, four or five songs in, right? Like, it takes a while for you to really get to that peak playing, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes, you know, every night's different, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Uh, it's like freezing cold in there, too. <laughs> is it really yeah yeah they what, keep it really cold what was it what was it like do you get to talk to him at all or uh not really i mean he shook his hand at the end uh yeah you know he's like a megastar he doesn't really you know oh he's massive i think i think i think he liked this because he I, i've noticed that he, he talked to us more than he does the other bands like most of the time he doesn't even say anything to him <laughs> right so he so both times we actually we were on there twice oh is that right yeah very cool yeah both times he was uh he was cool with us yeah that's great. So, I think he's one of the best, uh, you know, late night hosts for sure. And, yeah. And so, how does that work? You obviously have like promo people dealing with all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I think we had a whoever our booking agent was at the time probably got that set up. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we got. That's all the kind of stuff you kind of do. Like when you're when you're a new band. Yeah. Um, well, even when you're an established band, I'm sure, you know, if you talk to Pearl Jam or the Rolling Stones, you know, they'd be like, fuck yeah, man, I want to play Letterman. Why wouldn't you want to play that? Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. Uh, I'm curious about your thoughts on legalized marijuana. It's been uh, just over a year here in Canada now. Oh, well, I think it's, it's it's pretty cool, man. It's like, it's like Texas sucks. You know, if you get caught with it, you go to jail still. So Really? It's the way it should be. Yeah, you can't... Uh, you can't really do anything. I don't, I don't know why people like it here so much. Wow. But, uh, like, uh, yeah, it's just an excuse to lock people up, you know. Oh, it's incredible, the incarceration rate in the States. 
You know, not that I know the numbers, I'm, I'm not, you know, studied like that, but I, you know, just reading and, and it's just staggering the amount of people that get put away for smoking dubs or like, you know, having a bit of weed in the car or whatever. Like what the f- Yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, you know, it seems like we got like a president now that kind of wants to move things backwards, oh, yeah. you know, like away from that direction, you know? So yeah, I don't understand why people want, want that in their lives. You know what I mean? Like, I guess they've, they've created like this big fear of something that they feel like they need to be protected from. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's it's crazy. Man. It's, Texas sucks. it's the new motto for uh for texas joe i'm gonna be uh you know i'm aware of your your time i don't want to take too much of your time but i I have a couple more questions and then i'll let you go and thank you again for uh for doing this i'll i'll give you an oddball and then probably the toughest question for you have you ever had a near-death experience and not necessarily where you, you're walking to the light or whatever you're floating yeah. over your body. More like, holy crap, I could have died there. Yeah, I was eating that taco cabana a long time ago, and I was like choking on a fajita. No. And like, and like nobody like everybody just sat there and looked at me and shit. And I was like, <laughs> I was trying to like force it down with some water, and then like the water just started coming on my nose. It was like, eventually I kind of like bared it out. Like it kind of, I got it to go down or something, or I coughed it. Up. I can't remember, but wow. I remember being like, "Oh yeah, that, that was pretty scary." Yeah, like looking around, nobody's helping. Like, really, really? Yeah, like, everybody nobody? looking at me. I was like, I was like, like leaning side to side, making all these noises and shit. <laughs> and then uh, everybody sat there fucking looking at me. So eating their fajitas. Yeah, like, uh, but it, it, it worked out. Musical guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe. Check them out at 579 Dunsmere, downtown Vancouver. I can see by the look on your face that you know what's coming next. We never said the things we needed to say just to keep ourselves in check. And I heard you say that you were leaving But I didn't want to listen at all, yeah Cause you feel like you're the one who's losing But I'm the one who's taking the fall Cause even after all you have said and done I can't make the words fall off my tongue But the writing on the wall Just because we've never said it before Doesn't mean that it's not true I'm not holding
now, stop me if you've heard this before on the Toddcast podcast. Without a doubt, Nickelback is one of the most played rock bands on North American radio over the last decade. You hear them in pretty much every major city on the continent. They've been together for almost 25 years, certainly not an overnight sensation. They toured Canada multiple times, booking shows themselves, calling radio stations to get their music played, and the hard work pays off. They've sold over 50 million albums worldwide. And when their singer Chad Kruger was a guest, we talked about Aliens Visiting Earth, how Metallica was his first concert. We talked about writing songs after waking up from a dream, honoring Dimebag Daryl, how the Beastie Boys made a big impact in music. The superpower of invisibility came up. So did working in studio with ZZ Top's Billy Gibbons. We talked about hanging out with Devin Townsend, growing up with the Beatles, Boney M, and ABBA. And stop me if you've heard this before, Chad talked about admiring Lenny Kravitz's work. I've always wanted to work with Lenny Kravitz. And um, I've met um, Lenny many times, and he's a sweetheart just the nicest guy ever um and he records all the stuff i don't know if he still does but he did for the first few records everything he threw, he threw down everything everything yeah drum tracks bass yeah. guitar vocals like yeah wow amazing and then builds the band to tour with the project that he just did that would be amazing that'd be really cool yeah you know to to uh to jam something with lenny would be pretty cool Stop me if you've heard this before on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by ProTech Welding, a CWB certified steel fabrication shop in North Vancouver and online at ProTechWelding.com.
That band is Bonds of Mara and their top 10 rock radio single, Lights Out. It's a Canadian supergroup of sorts formed by members of Hail the Villain, Default, My Darkest Days, and Sons of Butcher. And we've got them playing their first live show in Vancouver, not this Saturday, but next on February 15th. You can see them at the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe. Two podcast favorites, No Liars and Crankshaft, will open up the night. You can get $10 tickets right now in advance through myshowpass.com. It's 15 bucks if you wait for the door, assuming, of course, there's tickets left. We'll see you there. This is going to be one hell of a night. And played you a band called Best Night Ever, and their song was called Writings on the Wall, and their singer Patrick Gavigan has teamed up with Phil Dixon to play a podcast show at the end of the month. They're going to be playing together, which is amazing. I don't know that they've ever done that in a lot. I know that they posted a lot of stuff on Facebook, and the harmonies are insane. It's incredible. Uh, February 28th, The last Friday of every month, the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe presents one of our Friday nights series. We're at volume 31 with Patrick and Phil together. Kellen Sipe and Emily Malloy will open up that show. Cannot wait for this one. Just eight bucks in advance right now, again, through myshowpass.com. We'll fire things up for that one at around nine o'clock. Speaking of live music, you can find info for those shows and a lot more, more than just the podcast shows with the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. There's a bunch of great shows always coming up in Vancouver and the area. Get out there and support local bands. It's brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios. 40 plus years experience in the music industry. You can find them through mysticrhythms.ca. Coming up later on in the podcast, in Listen to This, actress and blogger Teresa Longo talks about aliens and the chances that they've visited Earth. It's powered by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley. Service, repair, ICBC accredited. You can find them through Tedco RV Supplies, Inc., Com. First, the second of three Toddcast guests this week is our sporting guest, four-time Olympian, pro snowboarder Mercedes Nickel. It's brought to you by Block E Media. Grow your business online, social media marketing, digital advertising, and a lot more. You can keep up with them through blockemedia.com. You've been watching Mercedes on the world scene tearing up the halfpipe since her early days of the World Cup, debuting in December 19. 19- 1999 in Whistler, in Halfpipe and Snowboard Cross. Three years later, in 2002, she won bronze at the World Cup. In total, she's won eight World Cup medals and is a five-time Canadian national champion. She competed in the 2006, 2010, and 2014 Winter Olympics, indeed one of Canada's best snowboarders. In 2018, she was named to Canada's Olympic team for the fourth time. The full conversation is definitely worth hearing. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. By the way, she's probably going to fire up a podcast soon. That'd be pretty cool to hear. Till you hear that full conversation with Mercedes, here's 10 minutes with four-time Olympian pro snowboarder Mercedes Nickel. The Toddcast Podcast. How old were you when you first slapped on a snowboard? I think I was about 12 to 13 around that time. It seems kind of late. (laughs) Well, okay, um... That was in the mid-90s when snowboarding kind of became the it thing. And I had, I had skied everything on Blackcomb and Whistler, and I was looking for another challenge. And uh, 
the mid-90s brought around snowboarding for me. And are you as good or were you as good on skis as you are on a snowboard? I grew up, um, yeah, ski racing, not in the full, like, tight cat suit, but uh, mm-hmm. I could get my way around the mountain okay. <laughs> right. And so what's your first snowboard uh, memory? Um, oh, gosh, it's it's actually embarrassing. We, we <laughs> My friend and I were in descent ski suits that were like purple and turquoise, full skier outfit yeah. with Sorrel boots um, taking a lesson on Whistler Mountain. Mm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And have you ever had anything dicey? Like, what do you mean dicey? Like, holy man, I could have lost my life there or... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, probably like the, the one that actually, actually comes to mind is the one that happened in, um, in Sochi in 2014 where... I had a crash and I kind of, I got right back up cause I, it was the Olympics. And when I was done and I competed, I was just like, okay, I think I have a concussion. Things are not going well. And it actually took like pretty much two years of my life away from me. No. Yeah. 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 I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I couldn't write my own name. Um, and the recovery, what literally was like two years. That is insane. Is this like immediately after having a concussion, you're, you're feeling like that or how long does that take? And no. So I was, um, I only figured it out that night. Um, after the, after the crash, I went to the club and I saw the lights and the sound and I puked right away. I hadn't even had a drink yet. And I was like, okay, I think I might be concussed. And I, and I gave it like two weeks and flying home from Russia is where we were for those Olympics. Um, it took about three days, so I wasn't sleeping properly. And um, when I got home, it was just like all downhill from there. That is crazy. Holy man. Yeah. <laughs> well, you hear a lot of people having concussions, but you never know just how, you know, how devastating it is. You don't. Yeah, I actually did a TED Talk on it um, because my brother and my family didn't know how bad things really were for me. And I actually didn't either until... I'd kind of seen myself through it and I was like, okay, I was not at 90% the whole way. It was, it was pretty bad. (laughs) Wow. That's insane. And tell us about your, your first time on the world cup podium. It had to be an amazing feeling. Yeah. And that was in Whistler too. I, um, actually didn't get to stand on the podium because, um, (laughs) funnily enough, it, it was my first time getting a medal at a world cup and I knew there was drug testing and the drug testers actually took me away, so I wasn't able to stand on the podium for no. my first World Cup podium. Come on. <laughs> I was going to take what? a pee test in front of someone. <laughs> That's awesome. Really, they couldn't have just holded, you know, for a sec? If I, no pun if intended. I had known, if I had known the rules, then... Of course, like yeah. they are supposed to wait with me while I stand on the podium. But again, I was young and I didn't know how it all worked. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go with you. Okay. Yeah. Didn't think anything of it. Wow. What an accomplishment too. Mercedes, let's get outside of uh, snowboarding and of course what you're known for. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what's the music like in the nickel house as a kid, like growing up, what are, what are the bands that your parents are playing? <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that you asked that. I literally grew up on meatloaf. Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad were, are huge fans of meatloaf. <laughs> and, and of course, it's got to be the, uh, what's the record? Is it called Two Out of Three Ain't Bad? 
Bad out of hell. Bad out of hell. That's right. And like, does it get it's any so better good. than that? Exactly, it's right? Just, like, so start good. to fit. Same for me. My, uh, it wasn't played all the time, but uh, I heard it enough that like that record, start to finish, is just untouchable. I, it really is. And my parents went and saw him in Toronto. Oh, cool. And they said it was the best concert, like three hours long. He didn't stop. And they were just in heaven. And I, I wish he was playing again, but I did end up going to see the um, musical in Toronto when I was there. Oh, cool. <laughs> How was that? It was not, I mean, it's okay. Yeah. But for the songs, obviously the songs are amazing. But yeah. It wasn't exactly what I expected. <laughs> That's cool. I was going to say, have you seen Meatloaf? But obviously you, you, you didn't. What was your first concert you, that you saw? Oh, man. I remember like going down to Vancouver and we were on one of the, I don't know. Uh, maybe it was like Our Lady Peace or something like that. And then we had Nickelback come to Whistler okay. when we had like a bowling alley and we were all too young to actually go on the dance floor. So we were just cheering from these like picnic tables. <laughs> Playing, sorry, what did you just say? <laughs> Nickelback played a bowling alley? Is that what you said? Yeah, in a bowling alley in Whistler. <laughs> what? Yeah. When was this? <laughs> that was like before they were big. Wow, man. Yeah, imagine yeah. them playing in a bowling alley today. Yeah. That would be interesting. Uh, do you have cable still? I do. Yeah, see, I haven't had cable, oh my God, it's been a long time. Eight years, maybe? <laughs> no, it's been a long no. time. Like, as soon as Netflix came How up, How do you get like, your news? Jump online and surf and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I mean, I guess I'm, you know, I'm stuck on my phone. I hate those updates where they're, they're like, oh, this week you went up 20% and your screen yeah. time was whatever. It's like, holy fuck, <laughs> is everybody like this? Really? Uh, like three hours a day? I'm looking at that stupid phone. It's true. It's true. I kind of want to go back to a flip phone. Totally. And there are people that are doing that. Well, you know, I, I actually didn't have an actual iPhone until I got let go from Fox six years ago. Just flip phone. Like, it, you know, you want to get a hold of me, call me. Yeah. Or I'll fumble through the push How's three times reality? for the letter C. Yeah, totally, right? Like, <laughs> And I didn't actually have a Facebook page until I got let go from radio either. Oh, man. I know. I wish I could go back to those days now. <laughs> Welcome to the screen Just, world. I know. My God. Where, where, where are you most active, do you think, on uh, online? On social... Uh, I just... Like you're on tw- I see you every once in a while poking around on Twitter and stuff. I'm not, I'm not like always on Twitter, but I do get my news on Twitter. Like yeah. I like to see what's going on there. Yeah, same. Um, I'll go to Instagram, but I'm really trying hard not to watch too many people's stories, but yeah. I like to share my stories and keep it pretty real. Yeah. And then Facebook is just an endless pit that I could be on forever, so I'm trying <laughs> to do that. Oh, my God. I know. I always heard about it before I had a Facebook page, and I'm like, it can't be that. Like, it's like you're it talking is. like it's crack, and it is crack. <laughs> and then I go to Snapchat for the just the garbage update. <laughs> <laughs> Pure <Nice>. garbage. <laughs> nice. but like, and you can't see your, your like, the clock on your phone on, on uh, Snapchat, so oh. you're just that's a deep dark hole that, too. Yeah, well, that's that's what they do in casinos. They don't. Have you, you noticed when you go into yeah, casino, exactly. look for a clock. Not happening. <laughs> no. They don't want. They do not want you to know how long you're in that that place. No. Like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, superhero movies? Or do, you, do you get into the Spider-Man, oh. Deadpool, Batman, and all that? Huge. Like, how fan. good is it? Right. I love them, and I I don't I don't I feel bad for 
people that are upset that they're all coming out because I absolutely love them. I'm yeah. a Marvel fan for sure. Yeah. I mean, like as a kid for me, I, I mean, I collected so much, like all my money, 90% of my money went to like, I'm buying comic <laughs> books or graphic novels or, yeah. or, or whatever. So, you know, the, the, the comic geek in me is just freaking the fuck out right now. <laughs> See, I have an older brother who did that. He's like a comic book fiend. Yeah. And I grew up with X-Men watching with him. Totally. And I like, when is the next X-Men coming out? <laughs> uh, yeah, good call. I have no idea. But I mean, the, the spinoffs that, that they have too, like Logan had to be the, oh, yeah. one of the best superhero movies ever, ever. Mm -hmm. I, I love them all. Yeah. You What's your favorite, do you think? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't right. even know if I can Tough think right ball. now. Yeah, like, I'd have to like look at the full list. Oh, yeah. I did want to do the like forty-eight hours of Marvel while uh, yes. Infinity War came out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, have I seen all of them? Should I watch them all in order? Do I have that much time do in I my life? Do I have that kind of time to actually <laughs> sit down and watch them all? But when John Favreau put out um, uh, Iron Man, that was unbelievable. <laughs> Mind blown. It was right, that, yeah, but now you crazy. go back to it and you're like, eh, not that cool. It's still pretty good though. Like it's still pretty good. <laughs> he set the bar to the point where like everybody's like, okay, I get it. Like if I'm making it's a Marvel movie, yeah, you better you better do it. Yeah. Which, if you could have a superpower, which power would you want to have? I think I'd want to fly. Bullet fast, like whipping around the world in like three seconds. Yeah, because I love to travel. Yeah. It would be just better for the environment too, wouldn't it? Way better. <laughs> Your footprint would be non-existent. Exactly. Yeah, I always say uh, teleportation. Do you, do you know the uh, X Men Nightcrawler? Yeah, yeah. That's. But me. he can only go to where he can see. Yeah, but that's fine. Oh, so you want to go far? Sporting guests of the Toddcast podcast are brought to you by Block E Media Inc. Digital marketing plans and solutions done for you and done with you. Online at blockemedia.com.
Listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast. Teresa Longo is an actress and a blogger. You're going to know her from the Cocksure Lads, Blur, and to No Man's Land. She's also a fitness expert, was Miss Italia North America 2011. She's a musician, supports several charities worldwide. She works in digital media and is a stock trader as well. And when Teresa called up to be a guest, she shared her thoughts on legalized marijuana. We talked about CCR and the Stones and the music that was in her house as a kid growing up. We talked about hockey, the Raptors and their big championship win. And this was fun. Teresa also talked about whether she thought aliens have visited Earth. Listen to this. Oh, totally. I'm going to get so much flack for this and like my mom is going to kill me, but they probably visited me. <laughs> how, could, how could they not have visited though? Like, 
Have you not seen the videos <laughs> that are posted all the time and like super mock 15 speed sp- spacecrafts that are making right, sure. a- right, you know, yeah. ni- 90 degree yeah. turns. Like that stuff doesn't exist. Yeah, I know. You know what? I worked with the shaman for a bunch of months, a couple summers ago, and we were doing all these cool things, shamanic things. And um, yeah. I learned a lot about aliens and they basically don't want to scare us. So if you're kind of scared of them, they won't show themselves or, or you know, any activity. So mm. they don't want to scare people and they don't, and they think that we are, need to take better care of the planet. They, they, they really think that. So that's kind of some cool things that came out of my work with the shaman um, in regards to UFOs wow. and what the message they would, they would tell humanity. Listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC approved repair shop. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com.
are no liars, and I love that one. It's called Animal. They're based out of Victoria on Vancouver Island. Going to be hopping on the ferry to play a show for the podcast, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, February 15th, downtown Vancouver at the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe. The Toddcast podcast presents Bonds of Mara's first Vancouver show. No liars and crankshaft open up. You cannot beat the ticket price as well. You can grab them right now for 10 bucks through myshowpass.com. If you snooze and hopefully tickets are still at the door, they're 15 bucks. Played you Phil Dixon and his song was called Nothing But The Love. Phil's headlining a podcast show at the end of the month with Patrick Gavigan from Best Night Ever. Friday, February 28th, you can see those guys together at the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe as part of the Toddcast Podcast Friday Nights Volume 31. Kellen Sipe and Emily Malloy will be opening up the show and for eight bucks, come on. Tickets priced from what, 2002. Hope you can make one of these two shows that we're doing super excited for both of them. All right, Todd's Trolls is coming up in just a bit. The stupid, the mean, the hurtful, but really it's the funny things that people say to what you post and what you see online. This week, Green Day, Birds of Prey, and the Super Bowl share in that spotlight. It's powered by Good Times Gin and Tonics, putting the GTs back in the G&T. Find them through goodtimesdrinks.com. Of course, they're all over Twitter and Facebook as well. Trolls is coming up in just a bit. First, our final guest of this episode 213, Riverdale actor Ryan Robbins, this week's entertainment guest, brought to you by Pete's Meat in Kitsilano, Vancouver. Butcher shop and deli, quality, natural, sustainable, hashtag all of them. Vancouver's best butcher shop by a landslide and pizza good guy as well. Find them through 12th and Arbutus in beautiful Kitsilano, Vancouver. As mentioned, you'll know Ryan Robbins from Riverdale. He recently picked up the role of Fred Andrews, but you're going to know him for so many other roles. He was in Stargate Atlantis, Sanctuary, Battlestar Galactica, mentioned Pure, X-Files, Van Helsing, Arrow, and a lot more. A really cool story. The hustle and grind your way to the top. He's a good Canadian kid, born in Victoria, B.C., currently living in Squamish, I believe. I've known Ryan for years, actually going back to the late 1990s, early 2000s kind of thing, when he was in a local Vancouver rock band, back to his early years of the acting career, a really good dude, deserving of everything that's come his way. A great talk. It was really nice to catch up with him. The full talk is now posted at our iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud pages. A simple search of Toddcast podcast will find them. Till then, here's 10 minutes with actor Ryan Robbins. The Toddcast Podcast. I was a big uh, comic book fan growing up, and that sort of shaped my imagination as an only child. And Yeah. Um, comic books and music and movies. Um, and then sort of later when I was able to sort of appreciate performance, um, I was really motivated by guys like Paul Newman was a big deal to me. Robin Williams was a big deal to me. Um, sort of a vast, like, you know, I, one of the earliest memories I have is watching Three's Company with my mom, mm-hmm. and John Ritter just blew my mind. And the stuff my mom would watch, like Three's Company and the Carol Burnett show and physical comedians, ironically, were like the, the first thing that caught me. John Ritter, Tim Conway, mm-hmm. that stuff, I just thought was incredible. Um, and then later, it was seeing Robin Williams do dramatic turns that kind of started to really amp me up a little bit. And then when I found out that Michael J. Fox 
was a BC kid who had made it. <laughs> Suddenly I had all this hope and, uh, you, were finally, you know, 21 Jump Street was filming in Vancouver and you were like, wait, what? Hang on a second. That's, that's so close. I grew up on the island in Victoria and, uh, yeah. there were these stories that made me, you know, think maybe, maybe I could do this. I, I don't know. You know, I was, I had no idea how to get into this business and it was a, it was a crazy, crazy journey for me, including like homelessness and living <laughs> on the streets of Vancouver. And, and, I, and, the, and the craziest part was music was always a part of my life and it was being in a band um, back in the old days uh, and a, a wonderful filmmaker named Kristen Clarkson uh, was a fan of my old band, Helen Keller. And she put me in a movie. She was, she cast musicians. She cast me. She cast uh, my very good, uh, a friend, my my brother Todd Kearns, uh, in the movie, and mm-hmm. and uh, and we um, we made this tiny little movie, and from that I got an agent, and everything sort of went from there. And it's not like you were a drama nerd in high school. I we, I went to an arts oriented high school, and um, I did have a really incredible uh, drama teacher who who inspired me a lot. Okay, um, I was definitely performance oriented um but i was driven differently i'm a blue collar kid i'm just like i'm my work ethic you know is 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 kind of is a bit bit unique like i just i want to go to work and i want to do the best job um possible and that that really motivates me and i just have i constantly feel like i've got something to prove like i don't think i'll ever be satisfied you know people ask me you know, what's your favorite role you've ever played? And my answer is always, I don't know if I've played it yet. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not satisfied yet. So we're, we're talking off the top, um, about the, the shows that people know you from pure Van Helsing arrow, of course, now Riverdale. Did any of these roles come easier to land than the others? Van Helsing was one. I have a really great relationship with Simon Barry, who is a creator showrunner uh, from when I was on Continuum, and he was doing Van Helsing at the time. And I had worked with his producing partners on Van Helsing on a show called Hell on Wheels. So that fell into place. Great show. Pretty well, Hell on Wheels. Yeah, man, that show is oh, awesome. Oh man, uh, unbelievable! Um, one of my dearest oldest friends, Chris Hyredall, plays the suite on the show, and I think oh no way, you know. Oh one of the most incredible uh, arcs and performances I've ever seen. That guy is just a beast. Yeah. Um, and and I if people that are listening haven't, haven't seen this uh, Hell on Wheels, that series, man, is awesome. Oh, you Dude, it's do awesome. yourself a favor, find yeah. it, watch it. You it's, need to watch it. Yeah, it's crazy. And I had formed some great relationships. There was a director, Michael Nankin, and um, Neil LeBute had worked on the show. And I happened to have this really great arc on the show in I had a very memorable, uh, one of my episodes was incredibly memorable, specifically this one scene I did with Common and Anson Mount. Um, and it kind of really stuck out for a lot of people. And, and that was something that uh, was remembered when I sort of was having my meetings with everybody for, for Van Helsing. And um, Originally, Van Helsing, I was supposed to play a different role, and it didn't work out. And I came in at the end, and then they killed me because they wanted me to go do Ghost Wars, and then I did Ghost Wars, and then that didn't that didn't go. Anyway, it's, it's a very, the business is crazy like that. Yeah, totally. And and as a uh, superhero fan, a comic book reader, like Arrow had to be right up your alley. Man, uh, that was a that was a 
blessing. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know how I got that. I got a call one day and like, they want to know if you, if you'd want to do arrow. And I was like, Oh, like you didn't mean they want me to audition. Like, no, they just want you to be on the show. And I was like, wow. Cool. Uh, and it was, it was great. I mean, my only thing is look, I, I still want to play. I still want to play a superhero or a supervillain before I get too old. You know, like I, I'm, yeah. I'm determined, man. Like, uh, I've played characters close. The character I played on continuum, was sort of like had these Wolverine kind of abilities and that was cool. But, um, yeah, my only, the only bummer about Arrow is I was like, please secretly give me a power or something, (laughs) you know, but obviously that wasn't in the cards and they, they, man, they kept me, they hung on to me on that show for, for longer than they needed to. I knew what I knew where that character needed to end up. We all knew. Right. Um, and they postponed it as long as they could because we were having a blast. I mean, I had such an incredible time on that show. It was so much fun. Yeah, I and, bet. I bet. You know, we just, we shot all the stuff on the island uh, sets. So it was mostly just, a lot of times it was just me and Steven, you know, and, and not a lot of distractions. This beautiful location, this beach right there. And um, so it was a good time for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and so was it, uh, was it DC? Was it Marvel as a kid? What, what was the... Uh, it, it was Marvel as a kid, yeah. for sure. I mean, I, I do love the DC... I love the dark, dark DC stuff. I was a big Frank Miller, Dark Knight, yeah, fan. And you remember when you first read uh, Watchmen? And oh, how mind blown you were! Like, how good was that? Oh man, As a of kid, course. I mean, like, what? That was do. I mean, look that 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 won real mature literary awards. Like it won, it won, it won the bigs. You know, like a, like a novel. Um, I, so a funny story, I was shooting this movie, uh, that I don't think anybody saw called Passengers, not the recent one. It was an older one with Anne Hathaway and Patrick Wilson, and Diane Weist and, and the, the David Morse. It was an incredible cast. Hmm. And I was shooting this movie and, um, I knew they were looking at doing the new Watchmen movie. And, uh, this was back when like Keanu Reeves was attached to be Dr. Manhattan and stuff. And all of a sudden Patrick uh-huh. Wilson shows up on set and he's got this the Watchmen graphic novel. Now, the way, uh, what are you doing? What are you doing with that? And he's like, oh man, he pulled me aside and he sort of told me they were looking at him for Night Owl. And I was awesome. like, I know everything about this book. I know everything. Let me, and so we talked and talked and talked. Then they start shooting it and I um, uh, had got to know Zack Snyder a little bit. I was going to be in the thing. It was a whole crazy I get this call uh, to go to the table read um, because Billy could have, couldn't make it. So would you come in and just fill in and be Dr. Manhattan and, you know, play the role yeah. with the entire cast and all the producers and Zach. And it was, I thought, well, this is my chance. And it was, the, it was amazing. And I looked across the table and Jack Earl Haley, full character as Rorschach at the table read. And I was like, oh, this guy is perfect it was, it was so cool man like it just to look, see like patrick get that call at the very beginning and then i don't know if he had something to do with me being at the table read and then i got cast in it and then i had a scheduling conflict and couldn't do it and i was like oh, oh. Man. oh man uh if if you could have a superpower then which power would you want to have um well, so Nightcrawler is probably my favorite mutant of all time yeah. and i love the idea of teleporting i just think that I don't, I just love that kind of, uh, I hate flying. I hate it. I hate it. 
I don't like flying. I don't like being on planes. I have to do it all the time. And I was like, man, if I could just teleport, that would be fantastic. It's the best power. That literally is the power I always tell people. Oh, really? It's the power, man. Like, it's the best one. Yeah. You could just imagine you're at that shitty party and you just cannot wait to get out of there. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to sneak over to the hockey game for a second and see what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> no right. <one> would notice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just pop back in. You smell the brimstone and, yeah. <laughs> you know, you come back. Wow. You're like, hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Something's burning. Yeah. Uh, no, I just had to. Yeah. <laughs> I, had to go check the score. I had to go check the score on the Canucks game. <laughs> nice. What are you binge watching lately yourself? Like, you're in so many shows and... But what do you, if um, you find the time, what are you binging right now? Well, right now, uh, I'm watching The Witcher. Um, yeah, I, just I think that's the, good. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it yet. It's good. It is good. Uh, I'm not going to say the problems I have with it, but I, no, I really like it. Um, yeah, that must I, be tough, hey, as, a, as somebody that knows the, the industry and knows the craft as well as you do. Well, and to, I know people involved in it. Yeah. Well, so. <laughs> like, to, to, to watch something, how hard is that for you to actually push it aside and be like, all right, like, let's just watch this as a fan, not you know, somebody that's in it as a critic kind of thing? How hard is mostly that? It's, mostly it's easy. Yeah. Um, if there's, say, an actor in it that I'd worked with, or maybe I didn't, we didn't get along or something, I find that a little distracting sometimes, or there's a performance yeah. that I'm like, eh. But mostly, I can still do it. I can still, you know, get into the fantasy of it all. Entertainment guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Pete's Meat, Butchery Shop and Deli, 2817 Arbutus, Kitsilano, Vancouver, and online at Pete's-Meat.com. You better lock up your loved ones, run for your life, because the heartbreak is cold. Cuts like a knife, don't get it twisted Or act like a fool You either head for that border Or you stay in the school This ship is sinking This town is a joke Costs more to die than to just stay afloat These snakes are poison Thirsty for blood You either slaughter that pig Or track it down in the mud well, it's the devil's payday, and she's working for tips. Got a tight blue dress and those big cherry lips. And she's coming for me, and she's coming for you. No matter what you do. Now times are changing. Lies right in our pen Well, it's the devil's payday And she's working for tips She got in sight, blue dress And those big cherry lips And she's coming for me And she's coming for you No matter what you do
working for tips She got a tailor dress Big cherry lips She's coming for me Coming for you Podcast Podcast is powered by Milano Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world online at milanocoffee.ca. the habit that I 
a look at this week's keyboard warriors, Todd's Trolls, on the Toddcast Podcast. Once again, the chirping is absolutely relentless. I bet you you cannot surf for 20 minutes and not see those garbage comments to pretty much anything and everything. No one and nothing is safe. Green Day has sold more than 85 million albums. They've won five Grammy Awards, and yet they took heat this week. Their new album comes out in a few days, February 7th. It's called Father of All Motherfuckers, which will go over really well in radio. Really? Do people still give a shit about Green Day? I had no idea. Someone should check the expiry date on this band. Something smells a little bit off. Every song has sounded the same since the 90s. Seriously, they're the Melba Toast of punk rock. As a comic book nerd, I cannot wait to see Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. That's in theaters as of this weekend. They cannot make enough superhero movies. Harley Quinn, Huntress, Black Canary all team up. Ewan McGregor plays a kingpin in Gotham City's criminal underworld, Margot Robbie is back in the lead role. I don't know. That trailer did nothing for me. Without the Joker, this movie is a joke. See? Proof that not every superhero movie is a home run. And in case you missed it, maybe you weren't online or weren't living for the last few days, the Super Bowl was this past weekend. Kansas City Chiefs took on the San Francisco 49ers. Boring. Rather watch my feet get nailed to the floor with rusty nails. <laughs> New drinking game. Every time there's a shit call, drink. The only thing worth watching about this year's Super Bowl was Demi Lovato's ass at halftime. Todd's Trolls on the Toddcast Podcast is brought to you by Good Times Gin and Tonics, putting the GTs back in the GNT. Check out goodtimesdrinks.com.
Crankshaft and a great song for them called Tears Me Apart. And they're going to be opening up the night in a couple Saturdays, downtown Vancouver, Saturday, February 15th at the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe. Toddcast Podcast presents Bonds of Mara's first Vancouver show, No Liars and Crankshaft. 10 bucks in advance. It's 15 bucks if you wait for the door. Played you Emily Malloy and her song was called Tell Me Something. And you also heard Kellen Sipe and his song was called Devil's Payday. Emily and Kellen are opening up the night for our next Friday night series, volume 31 at the end of the month on Friday, February 28th, again at the railway, downtown Vancouver, Patrick Gavigan and Phil Dixon, who are playing together. That alone is worth the ticket price. At least eight bucks in advance right now through myshowpass.com. Things will get underway at nine o'clock and maybe we'll see you there. Really looking forward to next week. If you hadn't heard WWE Smackdown superstar, Dolph Ziggler is a guest. Here he talks about his 6.5 million followers. I'm lucky. It's a weird It's a weird world because I'm one of those, my generation grew up without social media right. and with social media, and we can kind of turn it off. I know uh, we laugh sometimes, but there's, there's young kids who, if you're getting bullied at school, and then sometimes you go home and you go on social media, you're getting bullied there, and it doesn't end 24 hours a day, and that is something they have to live with, and it's, we do so many different things about kids getting bullied online, and it's a real bummer that it exists, but it does, yeah, it and sucks. it's everywhere. Yeah. But I had like that life before cell phones to where I went and played till it was dark outside, and then came inside and ate and went to bed, like, mm-hmm. and I watched a little TV or something. But I can turn it on and turn it off, and I'm very, very lucky. I use social media to promote shows, like comedy shows, wrestling shows, appearances, uh, and fun Q&As because I like to interact with the fans and let them know I'm not just the guy that goes out there and wrestles for five minutes. Sometimes, you know, I, I have a brain, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's fun to just make jokes. So I'm very lucky to where I don't take it seriously. I have fun. I put people in their place. But usually I am there to joke around, which, by the way, until 2016, that's what Twitter used to be for, joking <laughs> around and right. reading news. And now it is just everybody fighting with each other, which know. is fine as long as you still don't take that seriously, but there's so many grown-ups, so many that take it so seriously that they probably go to bed thinking about someone that made them mad, and I go to bed smiling, thinking I can't wait to get on there again. Like, could that be the best way to look at social media? I'm thinking so. Joining Dolph Ziggler on next week's podcast, Chantel Kreviasek called up over the Christmas holidays, and from Teen Titans Go, Beast Boy voiceover actor, Greg Sipes is a guest. I'm super stoked for that one. Of course, I wanted to give a big thanks to this week's guests as well, Black Joe Lewis. Man, I really dig your band, and thank you so much for taking some time and jumping on the phone with us. Looking forward to the next time you guys play here in Vancouver. Mercedes Nickel, 
Great to talk with you. It was really nice to see you back in Whistler as well when I was hosting that uh, Echo in the Canyon night with Jacob Dillon. That was a great night. Looking forward to hearing your podcast as well when you launch. Of course, keep me in the loop as well and talk soon. And actor Ryan Robbins, dude, so great to catch up after all of these years, a couple decades, man. Wow, that stuff flies by. Congratulations on the success. And yeah, man, let's crush those beers and and hang out sooner than later. And I think that's going to do it for this episode 214. My name is Todd Hancock. Thank you so much for listening and being part of the podcast. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends. If not, tell me I'll fire everybody on staff. I'll just be ruthless. It's pretty small staff. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud. You can comment and rate the podcast. It does help out. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast. Huge thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors. We straight up could not do it without their support. You can find links to all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can for as little as 10 bucks a day. It's cheap. There's contact info at the homepage. Maybe we'll hang, have a beer, have a coffee and see what we can do. Till next week, don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself. The Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and bookmark toddhancock.ca. 